The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com, America's Voice. We are in our 14th year doing this program. And uh, tune into voiceamerica.com. There are some wonderful, wonderful programs that really help people, uh, inspire people, and turn problems into solutions, which is what I do on this program. Today we are talking to Amy Morin, and her book is 13 Things Mentally Strong People Don't Do. And she says the subtitle is Take Back Your Power, Embrace Change, Face Your Fears, and Train Your Brain for happiness and success. Let me just give you a little background. When Amy Morn was 23 years old and lost her mother suddenly to a brain aneurysm, she allowed herself to grieve and eventually set herself on the path of healing using many skills that she gave to her own clients as she is a licensed clinical social worker, college psychology instructor, and psychotherapist. However, three short years later, she lost her husband to a heart attack. Grief again overwhelmed her, but with time, it got better. Then seven years later, after finding love again, when her new husband's father ran out of treatment options for an aggressive cancer, it changed everything. So she decided that that life was unfair, but she knew that she didn't want to fall into that trap. So then she sat down and she wrote her now internationally known viral blog post, 13 Things Mentally Strong People Don't Do, based on the 13 things and habits that could hold her back from navigating personal loss. And she broke through that. Welcome, Amy Morin. Thank you for having me. Yeah, really great. So this book was inspired by a blog post you wrote in November of 2013 on mental strength. What inspired you to write that post? Well, we had just learned that my father-in-law was diagnosed with cancer, and for the first few months, doctors had said it was treatable, and then pretty soon it was clear that nothing was actually working, and they had just told us, this is terminal, we've run out of treatment options, and I had just sort of started this new chapter of my life. My second husband and I had moved to a new house, I'd started a new job, and I thought, okay, this is my fresh start in life, so then to get this news that I was going to lose my father-in-law, and I started thinking, this isn't fair, and why do I have to keep losing all my loved ones, and... When I lost my mother and my first husband, it was both really sudden and unexpected, and this is the first time that I knew what was coming. I knew we had a matter of months or perhaps even weeks, and I found myself just starting to think, you know, I shouldn't have to go through this again, and this isn't fair. But if I'd learned anything throughout my other losses, it was that that way of thinking would keep me stuck. And so I said, you know, mentally strong people don't do that. 
and it struck this thing within me, and I said, you know, let me sit down and I'll write a list of all the things mentally strong people don't do. Mm. And it was a combination of things I'd learned as a therapist, but also that I'd learned throughout my own grief. And I only published it to the web on a whim, thinking, well, if it's helpful to me, maybe it could help somebody else. Never imagined it would go viral. It was read by millions of people, and, um, wow. and Forbes picked it up, and it, 10 million more people read it there. And, and then I was able to turn it into a book, but that wasn't my intention. It was just mm-hmm. something that I needed right then and there to remind myself, don't do these things that will rob you That's of mental strength. So you really weren't looking for the notoriety. You, weren't, you, you didn't have this goal of, oh, this is going to be huge, and uh, I'm going to be out there with the book, or even have a book, right? This is just yeah, something. not in the least. The literary agent actually contacted me and said, you should write a book. And to be honest, I didn't even know what a literary agent was. It wasn't anything I had ever even thought about. I had written articles for years, but even my writing, most of it was just as a way to earn extra money after being widowed. And this was, I write a lot of psychology and mental health kind of articles, but this one is a little bit different because it was really just something I was writing for myself. And but certainly never imagined that I'd ever tell the story behind it. In my original post, it was just, hey, here's the 13 things with a few sentences about them, but I didn't reveal why I had written it. Well, let's talk about them, but let's just say this. What do you think are the most common traps that you find your patients and others will fall into on their road to improving their mental strength? You know, I think the biggest one is, is that people just think, nothing will work or I'm beyond help and I'm hopeless and they sort of come up with these barriers and they assume that nothing's going to work and when you go into something with that mindset of this isn't going to work whether it's a new diet or you're going to start on a new job and you think oh this isn't going to be very good it's like it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy but if you have some hope and you have some faith and you think okay I can do this and you have that confidence then whatever you do is much more likely to be effective. Yeah, I'll tell you that. I'll tell you what has been hard for me because I I believe in this. I do a lot of this work. Is that when I will set that intention, and you know, this is what I want. This is what I know, and I write it all out. The hard part for me is the waiting. You know, I might be waiting two or three or four or five or six months or longer, and wondering, is this really going to happen? You know, I mean, you know, I'm putting it all out there. Will I really, really get? All of this, is it really possible? Well, I have found out that it is, but I think that is a very hard space. I'd like you to talk about that. Yeah, I think so, too. The waiting, and then there's sometimes there's a piece of us, too, that thinks, I don't deserve this. I don't deserve good things to happen. Or when something good happens or it starts to go in the right direction, then we start to think, you know, well, when's the other shoe going to drop? We don't expect yeah. it to last. Right. Or can and it all- really, ha- right, or can, this re- can I really get it all? That's the other right. one. Yeah. Right. And it's all those sorts of thoughts that sort of, we end up sort of sabotaging ourselves in the end because we think it's too anxiety provoking to wait to see if it's going to work. So I'll just give up or I don't necessarily want to put in all this extra time and effort and then fail. So I'll just throw in the towel now. And I think I see a lot of that where we tend to, I do it in my own life too, but where we tend to sort of give up a little too soon or we don't wait it out long enough because we just don't have the belief that it's going to be okay in the end. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about a couple of these to start. Pick out the one that you think is, I mean, they're all important, but pick out your favorite. Pick out one thing that mentally strong people don't do. Let's start with that. 
Uh, the biggest one, I think, is that uh, we, that they don't give away their power. And when I talk to groups, whether it's a mom's group or it's a um, government agency and there's these high-ranking officials, people will come up to me afterwards and say, you know, I do that sometimes. And what that really is is when you give other people the power over how you think or feel or behave. So somebody might say, my mother-in-law makes me feel really bad about myself or my my boss makes me work extra hours every day. But in reality, those things are choices, that you can be in control of how you feel and you can be in control of what you do. So maybe there's consequences for not doing something, but sometimes just taking back your power or saying, well, this is a choice. I choose to work at this job or I choose to spend time with my mother-in-law even though she's not my favorite person or, you know, I can still feel good about myself even if someone criticizes me. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of people, it's really instrumental in just changing their mindset. And sometimes it starts by just changing the language that you use to recognize from the time I wake up in the morning until the time I go to bed, it's up to me how I spend it and who I spend it with and, and what sort of well, mood I'm going to be in. Right, and I think sometimes people are afraid to assert themselves or take back their power because they're afraid they'll lose something. You know, if they stand up to their boss, they might lose their job. If they stand up to their loved one, they might be rejected. So, that, you know, that's a real thing. What do you think about that? Well, then I think as long as somebody still says, I'm going to choose not to stand up to my boss, as long as you recognize that that's your choice, that Got there it. are alternatives, you don't Got necessarily it. have to always speak up. But as long as you don't say, you know, there's nothing I can do about this, well, there is something that you could do, but maybe you think that that's not the best option, so you choose mm-hmm. to stay silent. Yeah, that's good. Give us another one. What would be, um, here's another one that you have. Um, Why developing mental strength isn't about chasing happiness. Explain that one. Because I think a lot of people think I should be happy all the time. And they end up, you know, sort of doing what makes them happy in the moment. And we know that in the long term, that sabotages our efforts to be happy. That sometimes you have to put up with things and do things you don't want to do in order to reach your long-term goals. But I'll see a lot of people who will say, well, I should be happier. But it's often that attitude that keeps us from being happier because we get upset when we're sad. But really, you have to be sad and you have to have the down times in life to really enjoy the good times. And research is pretty clear on that, that when you, the more you try to make yourself happy sometimes, the worse that you feel. But that it's okay to say, hey, I had a bad day or I'm sad or this isn't the, the best day of my life. But that's okay. But it's our expectations that can really set us up for disappointment when we think I should be happy all the time or I have everything I've ever wanted. Why aren't I happier? Those sorts of thoughts tend to really make us unhappy. Mm. I think there's another one in here that is a tough one. I'm picking the ones that have been challenges for me. Um, Don't dwell on the past. And I think where that comes in is where you have something new but you had a bad experience. So you say, "Uh uh-oh, this is going to be like it was then. And it's not. It doesn't have to be. And I'd like you to talk about that because I think that's where so many people, whether it's a relationship or a job, well, it hasn't worked before. It's not going to work now. Or I've done that and it didn't work. And so it's done. Explain that one. Yeah, and I see that quite often in my, in my therapy office. That somebody will say, nope, I did that before and it didn't work then, so it's not going to work now. And I think it's important to reflect on the past enough that you can learn from it, but to not stay stuck there. Because I see a lot of people who just have never healed their past wounds, whether it's that they can't forgive somebody that hurt them or they can't forgive themselves for some sort of a mistake that they made. And 
because of that, they feel like, oh, I don't deserve to, to be happy. Or if somebody hurt them, they think, well, that person doesn't deserve forgiveness. And then they hold on to all this hurt and anger and hold a grudge, even though their grudge does nothing to the other person. It's just really festering inside of them. And people who have that mindset of, I, you know, I can't do this because we draw these inaccurate conclusions about ourselves that say, well, I failed once before, so therefore I am a failure, so I can't do anything right in life. And, it, yeah. and we draw these, you know, make these assumptions that things aren't going to work. And it goes back to that mindset piece of when you try something with that attitude, it probably isn't going to work. Yeah. So it's important ah. to, to start new and to have a fresh approach when you try something to say, okay, if I failed or I made mistakes, I can learn from them, but I can go forward now with more knowledge and do better this time. Absolutely. And I know that uh, there, are, there are teachings that will say, you can go back to that incident and try to rewrite it, change the ending so that, you know, what would it have looked like or how could it be different so that your brain goes to something different rather than the failure. Right, and to just, yes, absolutely, to remind yourself of, you know, there's a lot of different outcomes, and how could you learn from the way that it happened, and how could you make it come out better next time? Right, exactly. All right, I think we have time for one more before the break, so let's see. Um, Let's see here. Um, Don't expect immediate results. I think that's the one I was talking about, where, you know, um, you you just really want it, and you're not seeing it happen. Yeah, I have people that will come into my therapy office and they'll say, well, therapy is not working. I've been here for three or four weeks. We've worked on my depression and I'm still depressed, so I need something else. And, you know, I'll have to say to them, well, you know, you've been through a a rough childhood and a bad marriage and you've been depressed for 10 years. Three weeks of therapy isn't going to fix it. I I guarantee you that. And um, I'll see with people, too, when they want to lose weight or they have other big goals in their life, they think, okay, we we should make this happen quickly and I blame technology for making that sort of that quick instant fix desire that we have even worse because there are so many things you can get as a click of a button but when it comes to personal growth and real change those things take time and it's not always in a straight line sometimes it's two steps forward and one step back and that's really hard to wait (laughs) it is but you have to keep seeing it and, and knowing that it's possible That is a hard one. All right, we're going to take a break. Um, I am talking today with Amy Morin, and her book is 13 Mentally Strong People Don't Do. Take back your power, embrace change, face your fears, and train your brain for happiness. Amy Morin is a licensed clinical social worker, college psychology instructor, and psychotherapist. She's the only person in the psychology industry who's talking about mental strength on a global level. And you can log on to amymorinlcsw.com. You're listening to The Patricia Raskin Show right here on voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. If you want to know the latest in women and men's fashion trends, style, and beauty tips, you'll want to check out Fashion Weekly with fashion writer and model Wendy Evans. It won't be your everyday, high-end, out-of-reach fashion show either. 
We'll talk about some of that, but Wendy's handpicked the top style stories and the best beauty tips to get you in the know and looking amazing faster than a New York Minute. Tune in live every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time for Fashion Weekly on the Voice America Variety Channel. Explore your style. You count. Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Beth Green and James Maynard, Interrevolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Do you love to travel? Now, that's a silly question, isn't it? Who doesn't love to travel? Join Lindsay T. Boyd, a.k.a. the Dreamweaver, for Travel Time. A professional travel agent, Lindsay will spotlight the world of travel, from maps and other travel tools to make your trips easier, to your rights as a passenger, to different aspects of travel, such as sports, faith, or experiential vacations. Travel Time with Lindsay T. Boyd, Dreamweaver, airs live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to the Patricia Raskin Show. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Patricia Raskin Show. My guest is Amy Morin, and her book is 13 Things Mentally Strong People Don't Do. Take back your power, embrace change, face your fears, and train your brain for happiness and success. Amy Morin is a licensed clinical social worker, college psychology instructor, and psychotherapist. She's the only person in the psychology industry who's talking about mental strength on a global level. And you can log on to amymorinlcsw.com. Welcome back, Amy. All right. Let's talk about some more of these mentally, these things that mentally strong people don't do. Let's look at this one. Mentally strong people don't resent other people's success. Yeah, I think social media has made this one especially difficult when you log into Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. It looks like everybody else is having a great life, and it can be easy to think, well, you know, well, that person doesn't deserve that, or why is that person able to afford those things that I can't, or it's not fair that that person got promoted and I didn't because I'm better. And it can be really easy to get angry or jealous or upset that other people seem to be reaching their goals in life if you think, well, I'm not where I want to be. And so I always encourage people to come up with your own definition of success in life and figure out when I'm 80 years old and I look back over my life, what would make me feel successful? What's actually important to me? And it's really about knowing your values. And when you can keep your eyes on your own definition of success, 
then you're less likely to be upset when other people reach theirs or it won't feel like other people are holding you back or keeping you from reaching your goals. And, you know, we're all in our own individual lanes. you just got to stay in your own lane and keep, keep your eyes on your prize rather than getting upset when other people are reaching theirs because it's a completely different game that they're in compared to you. Exactly, exactly. What about people who are mentally strong do not make the same mistakes over and over. That can be a tough one because sometimes I think when we make a mistake, we don't really want to take the time to figure out why we made the mistake or we just want to maybe blame somebody else or we come up with an excuse rather than an explanation. And then when we I don't do that, that, it's just, it's just tempting, tempting to jump, jump back in and try it over again and without really taking the time to figure out how can I do it better this time or what can I do to avoid making that same mistake and I'll see people who say, you know, I um, I had these fitness goals on January 1st but then by January 10th I stopped doing any of them and, you know, I've done that every year for the past three years in a row but they've never really taken the time to figure out what can I do differently this year and I think that's what it's really all about It's just figuring out, okay, the last time I, I was doing something and it didn't work out, what can I learn from it? How do I figure out this time, how do I move forward better than I was before? I think so. And I think the other thing is, I mean, that can pertain to relationships too. You know, where you keep picking the wrong type of person over and over or, you know, a job over and over where you feel disempowered. So that can be a form of mistakes over and over as well, correct? Oh, absolutely. And I think that, you know, our, it's easy to make excuses or it's easy to to just come up with a lot of justifications or to tell yourself what's going to be different this time. But then in reality, you just did the same thing over and over again. And and we don't want to admit that because it's hard to admit. And I think sometimes we learn that as a kid, that it's better to like hide your mistakes rather than admit them. And so that stays with us. But when you don't admit your mistakes, even to yourself, you're not going to be able to learn from them. Here's another one. Don't shy away from change. Change is scary for people. They don't want to change because they don't know what's on the other side of change. I talk to a lot of people who will say, well, there's no guarantee that my life's going to get better if I make this change. And they're right that there isn't a guarantee. But a lot of people create their own problems because life is changing all around them and they're so stuck that they, they just are like clawing and fighting to keep everything the same even though they are in a failed marriage. They're job is really headed down the tubes and they just don't want to do anything different because they're just terrified that it could be even worse and it's really about having the confidence to know I can step forward, I can do something different and while there's no guarantee that my life will get better I have some control, I can make the decisions that will say what, you know, what can I do to make my life just a little bit better or change isn't nearly as scary as we usually predict it's usually that period where you know it's coming up, that you dread it, and you're thinking horrible things, and you're predicting catastrophic outcomes, usually that's the worst part. Once you start taking action, it's not as bad as you imagined. Yeah. Amy, how did you apply this in your own life? I mean, at, you know, at 23, you lost your mother suddenly, and then three years later, you lost your husband to a heart attack, and then you remarried again, and then your husband's father ran out of treatment options for an aggressive cancer. So how did you, give us an example of how you applied some of these in your own life. 
Well, you know, as a social worker, I was trained to really build on people's strengths and focus on what people are doing right. But at some point, it dawned on me that when you have some bad habits, no matter how small they might seem, that they start to outweigh your good habits. And I learned that if you can just give up what's holding you back, you can move forward. And there's a reason that the first one on my list is that mentally strong people don't feel sorry for themselves because I had so many times, especially the day I wrote this list, where I just wanted to host a pity party. I just wanted to say, you know, this isn't fair. I shouldn't have to deal with this. And while it's okay to be sad when something bad happens, getting stuck in that mindset of self-pity is, wasn't going to be helpful. So it was those sorts of things that I had to remind myself, no, don't do that because it's not helpful. And if I really wanted to grieve and feel the pain, I had to let myself just be sad and that self-pity was just a distraction um, about, you know, trying to make sure I could say, hey, my life's really bad rather than acknowledging this is bad, but it could be worse. And I certainly consider myself a work in progress. I live by this list honestly, and there's days that I certainly do these things, and I just have to step back and remind myself, this isn't helpful. Don't do that. Here's another one. Uh, People who are mentally strong do not feel like the world owes them anything. Talk about that one. How does that play out for some of your patients? I'll see a lot of people who will say, well, you know, I have a college degree, so I should have a $60,000 a year job right now. Or people that will say, you know, I I did a lot of good deeds in life, so now I'm owed something from other people. Or we think that, okay, if I, if I worked a lot of hours, then I deserve a lot of money. But in reality, life isn't fair. And we don't always get what we deserve. And trying to keep score isn't helpful. I see a lot of people who get distracted and caught up. And I see this in relationships, too, where somebody will say, well, you know, I've done all this for you. Now you need to do all this for me. But that way of thinking isn't particularly healthy or helpful, and you really have to just say, okay, I might not necessarily get what I deserve, and sometimes that's a good thing. But at the same time, if you really go through life thinking that you can keep score and that somebody's going to make sure everything evens out, you're going to be kind of bitter in the end. Absolutely. Here's another one, Amy. A lot of people feel lonely. 13 mentally things, strong things that the people do who are mentally strong, one of them is they don't fear alone time. I think in our world, it's so easy to be connected to other people, whether it's on social media or you're texting people or there's just noise all the time. And we're usually running from one activity to the next and we don't really take any time for ourselves. And I'll talk to a lot of people who will say, oh, no, I like to be alone. But then when you say, well, what are you doing when you're alone? They'll say, well, you know, I'm surfing the Internet or texting my friends. And you ask people, how often are you really alone with your thoughts? Most Mm -hmm. people are like, well, never. And I think that's really important, especially in today's world, to just set aside, even if it's just 10 minutes a day, to just be alone with your thoughts, sometimes to reflect on how you're doing and what your goals are, whether your goals have changed. Do you have any goals? What is it you want to do differently today than you did yesterday? Or how can you do things different tomorrow? And I meet a lot of people who are terrified. They sleep with the TV on. <laughs> they always have the radio on when they're alone because they just can't stand to be alone with their thoughts. Yeah. And I think the more that we can make ourselves comfortable with being by ourselves and to be able to really evaluate how you're doing and where you're headed the better off that you'll be. It's really hard to know, gee, how am I doing in life if you don't ever take time to really step yeah. back and enjoy the silence and really think Absolutely. about that. Yeah, yeah, we have so much noise all the time. Another one is um, 
mentally strong people don't waste their time feeling sorry for themselves. And I think we, you've touched on that already. But, you know, go ahead. Yeah, you know, when things bad things happen, it's okay to be sad. In fact, that's part of the grieving process is to say, hey, I'm sad, or it's okay to be angry when you've been wronged. But trying to, like, exaggerate your misfortune or convincing other people that, hey, look at how bad my life is, that's when it starts to get unhealthy. And, you know, grief is the process by which we heal, but so often it's tempting to go around or to try to, you know, distract yourself or to take on this sort of victim mentality. And all those things are just temporary distractions and they might Mm -hmm. make you feel better in the moment, but in the long run, they tend to cause more problems. This one, don't waste energy on things you can't control. I think that's important. You know, knowing what's in your power to control and what are circumstances beyond your control. Right. You only have so much time and so much energy. And if you can devote those things to the things that you do have control over in life. And I think it's important to recognize that there are certain things you can't control. You can't control other people. You can't control the weather. You can't control mm-hmm. how other people feel. But if you put your energy and your effort into the things that you can control, then those other things aren't so scary anymore. But I exactly. see so many people who worry, and they waste a lot of time just you know worrying about what if this happens or what if that happens, but it doesn't do them any good. Absolutely. All right, we've got two more and one minute left. So very quickly, don't worry about pleasing everyone. And we talked about that. Take your own power. That's part of your own power, right? And don't yeah. have fear calculated risks. So if you want to talk about those for a second, and then we're going to close because I really want people to know about your book. Yeah, a lot of people pleasers say, you know, I don't want to be selfish, so I say yes to everything. But in reality, that means you're saying no to other things in your life. So I always encourage people to find a, to find a balance so that they can say no to the things that they right. don't want to do. And then to know that just because something's scary doesn't mean it's risky. Our emotions aren't always um, a good indicator of how risky something is. Absolutely. All right. And your book is 13 Things Mentally Strong People Don't Do. Take back your power, embrace change, face your fears, and train your brain for happiness and success. And how can people get your book? Um, it's available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, just about Target, just about anywhere that books are sold. All right. Thank you so much, Amy, for being on the program. It was very inspirational. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right. Stand line for a minute. All right, folks. um, Our second interview is coming up next right here on voiceamerica.com. I'm Patricia Raskin with the Patricia Raskin Show. Stay tuned. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of the Patricia Raskin Show. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week.